Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. Did, do you know, do you know that God is present? Are you aware that God is present? There was an old um, radio show that aired, I think, back in the 60s, an old when you had a lot of your programming, your, your uh, uh, different stories that were told over the radio. This was even after we had television. They still did this. And there was a radio, an old radio show that was called The Chicken Man. Now, probably some of you might be familiar with Chicken Man because he had some, was also on some other, other programs later on telling about it. The Chicken Man was the winged warrior who had a chicken cave. And it was hilarious to listen to the Chicken Man on telephone talking back and forth, this warrior winged chicken. The Chicken Man... And a little phrase at the beginning, the end of the program on that was just simply the little phrase said, he's everywhere, he's everywhere. And then some of you may remember Ray Stevens, he's a songwriter and singer, had a song, Santa Claus is watching you. And from time to time in the little song, Santa Claus is watching you, it says, he's everywhere, he's everywhere. And if you've been riding down the road, you'll find out that Alexander Shinaro, he's everywhere, he's everywhere. <laughs> but it's true, God is really everywhere. We call it omnipresence, being everywhere at every time. It's one of the attributes of God. It's attributes of the Trinity. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are omnipresent everywhere at all times. Now, of course, it's difficult for us to, to, to wrap our minds around that. But He's God, and we're not. So we don't have to worry about explaining it. It's just the truth that God is present everywhere, one of His attributes. And the Old Testament in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 24, the Bible says, Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not feel heaven and earth, says the Lord? The psalmist said in Psalm 139, verse 7 and 8, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol or the grave, behold, you are there. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. When he gave, uh, when he told Moses his name or how, to, uh, how Moses was to identify God to the people of Israel, he said, tell them that I am that I am. I am. I am means ever-present all-sufficient one. In the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 7, we're told about one who's going to be born, the Messiah, and his name will be called Emmanuel. 
God with us. Now we have the omnipresence of God. Then we have instances in the scripture and in life of the manifested presence of God. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, God incarnate, we say, when God became flesh. And in John chapter 1, verse 1 and in verse 14 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word is speaking of Jesus. And the Word became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled or made His home among us. He manifested Himself, His presence among us. And we beheld, we could see we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. He's full of grace and truth. The presence of God was manifested in the person of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, the Bible says, we're given this promise. It says that He will never, ever, He'll never, never, need, never leave us or forsake us. Now, He's everywhere but for us as his followers and believers, we're to, we're to understand that the promise is that he will be everywhere present in our lives individually, and we can be aware of that, aware of his presence. God is present everywhere, but that you know that you can lose the sense of his presence. You can lose the awareness of his presence. There's a difference between the omnipresent, God is everywhere, He's God, and the fact that He manifests His presence. Now we know that the righteous live by faith and not by sight, not by feelings, not by emotions, right? So we know that's how we live. So you don't always have feelings uh, that come when you're, there may be times when you're worshiping God and you really sense no great feeling, no, no great difference. If you stay in worship long enough, I think you will, but... Uh, there may be a lot of times in your Christian life where you just don't really sense or you're not really aware, you don't really feel the presence of God. Now, I don't want to get over on the weird side of people that say that, that they've, they've felt God or they've experienced this through God and they get, people get way off base with that. But we don't need to throw the, the baby out with the bathwater. The truth is, is that God does make himself known. You can feel the presence of God. You can experience the presence of God. You can see the manifested presence of God because God is everywhere. He's everywhere, and now He's manifested Himself when Jesus came to give His life for us, and He's manifested Himself in that we are given the Holy Spirit who now dwells in you if you're a follower of Christ, and He manifests Himself to you in your life because He lives in you. And so he makes known his presence. Now, the few words I share this morning didn't come about by accident. I, in fact, had a, I'm getting ready to move into another series of about five or six week series that I think is going to be uh, interesting for all of us. But um, as we move into the close of summer, I'm getting ready to move into that. And I thought, well, uh, this is, this is Sunday, I, I've been praying about like, this is where I'm going to begin doing this. But the closer we got to, to this date and everything, the more it seemed that I was moved in another direction. So I, I try to be sensitive to that. Because I realize there's a purpose in it. Sometimes God leads me in different directions because of what's going on in my own life. He'll show me things. And he realizes it's not just for me at times, but he says, if I'm showing this to you, then realize that there's others 
that are, that are experiencing this too. So I want you to share it. I want you to share your heart. I want you to share this, my work. And sometimes we go through experiences, not all of them, of them easy, some of them quite challenging. And we can know that even though you're walking through those things, you have victory through Christ, you are going to overcome, you are going to be healed, you are going to be restored, you are going to receive His promises. That's absolutely true. But in the process of that, sometimes we, we lose that sense, that awareness of His presence and we get pulled down by our other feelings. We get pulled down by what's happening around us. And so something rose up inside of me this past week about how I need to and how I long to move to a place in my life where I live with a daily awareness of His presence. I'm daily aware that He's present. He lives in me. And we're going to Take just a few moments to look at that, and my prayer is that it speaks to some things maybe in your life too. In uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, speaking of Adam and Eve when they were in the Garden of Eden, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking. Interesting. They heard the sound or the voice of the Lord God walking. He was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden because they'd rebelled, they had sinned against him. It says they heard the sound of God walking, and they walked, God walked in the cool of the day. They heard in the cool. The word cool in the Hebrew means wind. Wind. In Hebrews chapter, in, in, I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, some 120 believers had gathered together in the upper room. And in verse 2, it says that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It's interesting to see the correlation there. That that's talking about the manifested presence of God. That that there was a sound with a manifested presence here. We know that there are times when the manifested presence of God has a sound. We know that there are times when it is made present, when His presence is made present, is made visible to us. And we know that there's a, a time when, uh, when wind is associated, the pneuma, the Holy Spirit, that wind is associated with that. It's a sense of knowing or being aware, being aware of His presence. You can hit, sit in the hot July days if uh, you're sitting outside and you're in the sun and you're out there and it's 95 heat index of about 110. You're sitting out there and even if you've got some shade trees around you, you're sitting there and you're sweating and you know, you get feeling miserable and you look at the trees around you and not a single leaf is moving. This is not moving. But then there's a breeze that comes across. And you know what? No one has to say, hey, there's a breeze. Why? Because you sense it. You know it. Here's what I'm after today. You are aware of the wind. I believe the Lord can bring us to a place to where we live aware of the wind of the Holy Spirit in our life. It may be at some different levels at different times, or we may sense it in a greater way at times. But I want to challenge you today to, to 
to seek the Lord about coming to a place to where in the middle of your day-to-day activities and everything that's going on, and maybe you're being hammered here and there, things going on, and you're being preoccupied with other things, that I want you to be challenged with the idea and with what I, I believe is a, a, is a reality, can be a reality, is that you and I can learn to live in His presence or practicing His presence. And I believe if we can learn to do this, it'll make a difference in our life. It'll make a huge difference in our life. Well, the early church experienced the manifested presence of God, miracles, healings, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit you read about in 1 Corinthians. We see that he was manifested. They could see They could sense, they could feel, they knew that he was there. Now, they knew theologically, we know, well, he's everywhere. But you go far beyond just the belief that God is present everywhere. You go to the fact where God is present here, now, with me, in me, and it's making a difference in my life. You know, poor old Moses, he was faced with the challenge of leading millions of Israelites who had been in slavery for some 400 years and had lost really any concept of what it meant to really know and follow God who had been changed, their lifestyle, their, their, their whole culture had been changed somewhat during that time in, in bondage and they were, they, they were people that were easily drawn to fear and to doubt and to complaining and all these things and Moses was chosen by God to lead these people. He had his moments when he, I'm sure he asked, God, why me? Why me? But he experienced the presence of God. We don't know how many times, but we have some times recording scripture. He experienced the presence of God. The most notable time that we're aware of is the burning bush. It was not consumed, but the burning bush, the presence of God. Remember his prayer when the Lord was speaking for them to move, for the children of Israel to move. He said, his prayer, Moses' prayer was, says, Lord, if your presence does not go with me, then don't send us up there. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Your presence. Exodus 33, 15, 16. The word presence here in the Hebrew is the word panim, which means face. When the scripture, at, time, at times when the scripture speaks of the presence of God, it, it, the word there is face. It, it's, it's, it's God, it's, it's a face to face. It's a relationship. It's showing closeness. It's, it's, it's showing uh, God's desire to have that relationship with us, to make himself known so that we gaze on him, so that we are close to him, so that he's face to face, his presence, where we experience his presence. Matthew chapter 28 tells us, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I don't think that's just the omnipresence of God, but because the Holy Spirit was sent, he's saying the Holy Spirit is present in your life as a believer for this entire age. So you can know him, you can experience his presence, his power in your life. 
I'm going to be with you in every situation. When he's present with us, he brings joy, real joy. The Bible says, you make known to me the path of, your, of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures evermore. In your presence there's fullness of joy. So much could be affected if we could just learn to live and experience his presence in our life. Sometimes when you're dealing with some situations that have dragged you down, sometimes you're dealing with very sad, sorrowful situations. Rather than wringing your hands about them or being worried about what's going to happen or how this is going to turn out, rather than maybe becoming negative and complaining about it, rather than all those things, if we could come to a place to where we would just invite and know and experience the presence of the Lord in our lives, it would bring joy. It would change us. His presence delivers us from fear. Joshua 1, 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you experience the presence of the Lord, then it takes you out of fear. It removes, it, moves, it takes you from fear. It delivers you from fear. His presence will bring comfort. That's the paraclete, the word for the Holy, one of the words for the Holy Spirit, is the one who comes along beside you. He's your comfort. He encourages. He strengthens. Why wouldn't we want to experience and walk in his presence, his manifested presence in life, if it brings joy, if it delivers us from fear, if it comforts, if it encourages, if it strengthens us, if it gives us breakthrough success? Why wouldn't we want to experience and be aware of his presence in our life every day? I can't think of no reason why we wouldn't. Shouldn't want that. I've seen it in my own life that after over 50 years in the ministry that that is the aspect of my life that I've ignored a great deal or have overlooked. Been busier doing things and even learning information than I have in knowing and experiencing the presence of God every day. You notice how things can change so drastically when you're in really good worship service. You're really good gathering together with people, your friends. You sing these great worship songs, the worship team here. You, you know, greet one another. You enjoy that fellowship. You heard, hear something from the Word, and God speaks to your heart, and you're kind of challenged and stirred about some things, and then you leave. Then you go home. Then Monday comes. For many of us, we probably wouldn't want to go back over this past week and have some type of video replay where we could show to the entire church our life this past week. We wouldn't want others to hear maybe some words that came out of our mouth. We wouldn't want others to see maybe some attitudes that we displayed. Now, this is not to point fingers. It's not to condemn We've all been there and done that. I'm just saying that what would it be like if we could live and experience his presence and his sense and his closeness here in worship? And there's a difference about corporate gatherings and, and the priest presence. There's a difference. But what if we could take that same sense and awareness of his presence that you're experiencing great times of worship and his word here and be aware of it and experience it every day of your life? 
What if? What if? In uh, Genesis chapter 39, it says that about Hezekiah, it says, so the Lord was with him and Hezekiah was successful in everything he did. Because of the presence of God, Hezekiah was successful in everything. Now, that's a pretty good track record. He was successful in everything he did. The Holy Spirit will get you over some hurdles, get you over some mountains. Being aware of his presence will help you, will help you experience those kind of breakthroughs in your life. A.W. Tozer, a great Bible teacher and author, wrote some tremendous things. But here's, here's a, one powerful quote from A.W. Tozer. He said, the instant cure of most of our religious ills would be to enter the presence in spiritual experience, to become suddenly aware that we are in God and that God is in us. We need to ask ourselves the question is, how much do we really, really hunger and crave that presence? I want to give you five things very quickly of keys to how to cultivate that presence of the Holy Spirit in your life every day. Very simple, very basic, but very fundamental. But this, this is like if the doctor gives you a prescription, it says to take daily, that doesn't mean once a week. It doesn't mean three times a week. When it says when it's prescribed, it's prescribed daily. The problem is for Christians is that when we, uh, that many of the things that God has for us and wants to do in our lives that will bring healing and help and blessing in our lives, it's what God has prescribed for us for blessing. And he's prescribed it for us to take every day. And yet it seems that many of us have restricted to every now and then. And if we're going to experience the kind of healing and the power and the blessing of God in our lives that he wants, it needs to become an everyday Jesus, an everyday experience with the Holy Spirit. And I'm wondering, is that the way you live? I'm, I'm wondering, and I'm asking this for all of us, is, is this the way we live? Are we really aware of that? And the reason I'm sharing what I'm sharing the way I am this morning is it's not necessarily to have an altar call and everybody respond and say, oh, yes, Lord, I surrender. I want to experience your presence every day. It's, it's to sow some seed out there or it's to prescribe for you something that God has given that if you'll take it, though, if you'll take it, the dose, and it's a good one, if you'll take it and apply it every day of your life, something will begin to transform in your life and without trying to do better or live better, you'll see that transformation takes place where you're becoming more and more aware and sensitive to the Holy Spirit working in your life every day. These five things to cultivate the sense of His presence in your life. Number one, very basic, confess. Confess. Now, two aspects of confess I want to mention. Confess. When if there's something that's going to really hinder the work of the Holy Spirit or being aware of Him is going to be if you allow any sin, strife, anything in your life that's separating you from, from that close fellowship with the Lord, it's going to hinder you being aware of His presence, right? 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 And so confess 
Sin. Don't, don't let anything stay in your life. Don't let anything stay in your life that's going to hinder that closeness. Don't let it stay. Confess it. The Bible says if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Take care of the problem. Get those things out of the way. It's not worth it. The other thing that's important to confess is to confess the promises that God has given you. Just begin to confess what God has already said about you, who you are, what he's given you. So you confess, we could say kind of in a negative way, although it's not really negative. You confess in a sense of, Lord, I want to get rid of these things. I lay them before you. I confess they're wrong. They're hindering me in, in that, that close walk that I want with you. Lord, I lay them down. I confess them. Forgive me. And then you say, Lord, I confess, I confess your word, your truth, your promises. They are for me, and I agree with them. And as you confess them, they begin to, to, to activate something down on the inside of you. And one good thing to do maybe there is just take some time in the Scripture, even if it's only for a few moments a day. When you get in Scripture, and I'm not saying just open the Bible and point to a verse and read. I'm saying, you know, uh, look, look at the, the Word, ask for the leading of the Holy Spirit and get the Word. Open the Bible, maybe get into some good Scriptures, particularly in the New Testament, maybe in the Psalms, that are encouraging, helpful, strengthening. Get those words. Read it Allowed. Read it aloud. You know, we can all have we, in our maybe devotions or times where we'll sit down and we read silently. We'll, we'll read the scripture. We go on the computer with the scripture or whatever and we read it silently. There's great value in taking some time of when you're reading scripture to read it out loud. There's something about saying it as you read it, saying it that puts it out in the airways, but saying it that allows you to hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So something, it builds faith when you hear those words, when you hear them. It's different than just saying them on the inside silently. Say them. There's power in that. So confess them aloud, number one. Number two, if you want to experience and be aware of his presence, welcome him. Invite him. Invite him. Well, he's everywhere anyway. Yes, you know, he's not the one that'll come, he's not the one to come banging against the door and force himself into your life. When it comes to the presence of the Lord, there's great value and importance in the fact of you and I saying, in the attitude of our heart being, I welcome you, Lord. I welcome your presence in my life today. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I welcome the manifestation of your spirit in my life today, your joy, your love, your peace. Welcome, welcome. It's a good thing to feel welcome, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, if I happen to go somewhere, but over past years, if I go somewhere and I, I, I sense pretty quickly that they were not expecting me or I'm not welcome, it's not that they don't like me. I'm just don't, they're not really inviting to me. They just assume me be gone. I'm polite and I care and I love, but then I go. I don't like to stay where I'm not wanted. 
I don't like to stay where I'm not wanted. The Holy Spirit. What about wanting and inviting Him? What about wanting and inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Invite Him. Welcome. Third thing is praise. You may do this by having some worship music that you play or, uh, or sing, and, and whether you feel like you can sing or not, you just sing it, you know, especially if you're by yourself, it's not going to hurt anybody. Just praise Him. Praise the Lord. You can do it in words. Praise Him. Read the psalmist in particular and praise Him. Praise and worship. Sing. There's, there, you know, music is powerful. Now, the enemy has seen that. And it's brought great destruction because of the power of music. But it originated, music originated with God. And he knows that it has such, its great power. It can change your mood. It can even move you physically. It affects you. Music affects you. And there's something about on a regular basis... Taking an opportunity or throughout the day, maybe just praise the Lord. Sing a, sing a praise course. Just say, Lord, I just praise you today. Lord, I thank you that your loving kindness is better than life. Lord, I, you know, and you just begin to declare even some of the great praise and worship songs we do here. you notice that some of them in particular, there's some worship songs that you kind of connect with these. It's like some of your secular songs that are written. They have these little verses and sections to where you find yourself singing them all week long whether you want to or not. Why? Because it got down inside of you. Let's let praise get down inside of us so that these things just rise up inside of us and we on purpose intentionally choose to praise the Lord. The fourth thing is, is learn to meditate. Now I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, um, I'm not talking about emptying your mind. Be careful with that kind of stuff. Be careful with that spirit, spiritualism. Be careful with that. There's danger in emptying your mind. Just emptying it. When something is emptied, something else needs to fill it. The important thing is that if we need to empty our mind of some things, we need to fill it with the right thing. And that's what meditation is all about. It's coming before the Lord and, and and, and there's some aspects of, of, of meditation. And you know, it's kind of like meditation is, is, is something which you dwell on over and over and over again. You remember, the, the picture is like the cow chewing its cud. You know, it chews it, swallows it, brings it up and chews it again, swallows it, chews it. And so if you learn how to meditate on the word that way to where you chew on it, you take it in. You digest it and then you bring it back up again and you dwell on it and you read it and you, you think about it and you see what the Lord is saying about it to you, how God's you didn't speak to you and you say it and you dwell on it. You can do one word that way sometimes. You can do one scripture that way and you're just meditating on that. It's like Leanne was talking about that she'd been meditating on the Lord, led us to, uh, talking about John 15 and about about abiding. That, that, that's, that was meditating. It's something that's been going on in, in her life every day. It, it's a Holy Spirit thing. It's His presence that's causing that uh, to be something that's brought to her mind that she's dwelling on. Of course, I, I, I love all of her many sermons that she brings in there that are all sometimes not so many, 
They're, they're pretty strong, big sermons, messages. But from her spiritual horticulture uh, viewpoint there, a powerful word about abiding and remaining in Him, His presence. And meditating Him is, meditation in the Word, meditation for the Lord is something where you can come to really sense the presence of the Lord in your life. It will strengthen the ability to be aware of His presence. Some important things to remember connecting with meditation is sometimes it's so very important to create space. You need to create space. You know, there were times when uh, Jesus would uh, get away from the crowd and go to a solitary place and spend time there in prayer with the Father. There were times when Jesus would get up while it was still dark and go to a solitary place. He created space. And here's what's important. He created that space to go, and this is amazing when you think about this, this is the Son of God that's come in flesh, who's come to actually pray to the Father, to, to come in that ascend to the Father in a sense, in that communion and hearing from the Father. Because the Bible says Jesus only did those things that he saw the Father, and only that he heard the Father say, tell him to do. It's that type of communion. But it was out of that communion that Jesus had with the Father that the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit flowed. And the reason sometimes we're not moving in the power that God wants us to move in is because we've not had that solitary place. We've not had that that time of dwelling before the Lord and hearing Him and sensing His presence and His power. You see, who we are and what we do, even in ministry, needs to flow out of the solitary time. Needs to flow out of the time alone with the Lord, about the private times of prayer and devotion and praise and worship. That's where you're built up. I mean, you're built up as you connect with other people like this in church. You build one another up. But there's something that that you draw from that communion with the Father, that empowerment of the Holy Spirit that then is to be revealed in your life and in your connection and ministry to other people. So, Find your place, find your time, make room in your life. I know you say, well, look, you don't know how many kids I have. You don't know what all I got going on. Everything's hard to find a solitary place right now. There's no solitary place around. Well, ask the Lord to help you. And, uh, you know, it may only be for a moment or two, and it may just be stepping outside and close. But find you a moment, a space where you can feel that you can really dwell on the Lord, concentrate on Him. Be still. Learn to be still. That's difficult for American people right now. There's some people that cannot live without some music or racket going on. They got to have the radio or television going all the time. Got to have a fan to sleep by at night. There's got to be some noise. (laughs) I'm not criticizing anybody for that. That's perfectly all right. But we've created a culture to where we're uncomfortable with quiet. We're uncomfortable, quiet. But there's something about being still, quiet in your mind. And that's a challenge for me. And Deb would tell you this. It's hard for me to just, there's just something, there's things going, going around here all the time. It seems like it's, if I just want to rest or get away or relax, it just seems like I can't because there's, there's just stuff going on in my mind all the time. I'm thinking about something, thinking about things. However, there is that little side where she says, what are you thinking about? And I say, oh, nothing. (laughs) 
But I want to remind you guys that it's legal. It's legal. Physiology tells us that men's brain are, com- are, are formed differently. There's actually a place of emptiness. There is a nothing spot in men's brains. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, for some men, it's a bigger spot than it is others. However, <laughs> the, um, the important thing uh, for us to do is to, is to be still and quiet before the Lord. You know, we don't need just to feel like we just need to say something. It may be a little uncomfortable for a while, but just get some time and just think, just dwell and be still. Lord, I want to be still. Sometimes you can just simply not as a religious practice, but you can just dwell on the name Jesus. You can just say Jesus. 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 Breathe deeply. Welcome the Holy Spirit. Learn to experience the present. Rehearse His promises on the inside of you. The fifth thing is pray continually. Now, how in the world do you pray continually? And the Bible talks about pray without ceasing. And we know that we don't all live praying 24 hours a day, round the clock, every day. But what this is really talking about is a continual, that prayer is a continual part of your life. And in a sense, in a sense, you live in a... Uh, you, you live with an awareness of the presence in your life that's where there's this awareness of the conversation or the connection between you and His presence. There is that daily, non-ending connection that you have there, whether you feel it the same way all the time. But pray continually. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. When you learn to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, Oftentimes you will see how you can come into a very, uh, a very sudden or very quick awareness of His presence. Learn to pray in the Spirit. Pray supernaturally as He gives you utterance and experience the presence of the Lord. You know, we have this thing in the church, and we have this thing as Christians to where we talk about the truth a whole lot, but don't always apply it. We have this thing in Christianity in the church today where we talk about experiences a lot, but we don't experience it. We have this situation in churches and believers today to where we say this is what the Bible says and this is what God says He'll do, but we don't see Him do it. What's missing? Well, we could say your lack of faith in some senses, that's right. What's missing? I think one of the things that's missing is the power, the ministry, the power of the Holy Spirit being manifested in our presence in our lives. And maybe for some people they're a little afraid of that because sometimes you can't always predict what's going to happen. The scripture says that we're to do all things decently and in order. That doesn't mean that some things won't happen that'll be kind of strange from time to time. 
you read the scripture very much about the apostles in the New Testament church, they had some pretty strange things happen in a lot of things. When you have, is there anything wrong? I mean, it's fine to have a practice where we come and we gather and we sit and we sing great worship songs together. We enjoy great times to fellowship together and we hear from the word of God encourage us and we can pray. There's nothing wrong with coming together and experiencing that daily. And you kind of pretty have a pretty good idea of what's going to be, what's going on. Kind of have an idea. But what about the, what about the freshness? What about the spontaneity? What about coming together on Sunday morning anticipating and expecting and asking yourself, I wonder what great thing is going to happen when we get together today. I wonder how many people are going to come to Christ this morning. I wonder how many people we're going to see God heal today. I wonder how we're going to see God manifest himself in great power when we come together. I wonder how he's going to change my family. I wonder how he's going to help me overcome this habit, this thing I've been dealing with. I wonder, I, I, I wonder. It's through the power of his presence. It's by faith. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, his presence. It doesn't come just by knowing something. It doesn't come just by reading about it. You know, the Pharisees kind of had that idea. In John chapter 5, this is what Jesus said to the religious leaders. He said, you search the scriptures. In other words, you can quote the scripture. I run into this all the time, and some of you have too. I run into people that can quote scripture. I mean, they, and I, I, that's wonderful. I think that's great. It's good to know the word well enough to quote it, to say it. That, that's important. It's good to do that. But I've had self-proclaimed experts of the word come up to me over the years that have this particular scripture or chapter or something and they're going to give me some new insight and something new that no one else in the world knows yet. And here they're coming and here they're sharing this with me because I've searched the scripture and I know that you don't know this yet, but I know it. And there's nobody else that really knows yet, but I know it. And, and they've got this grand revelation from the word there. And, and, and I value, I, I can listen to anyone who is sensitive to the Holy Spirit and will legitimately hear the word and receive it. I don't care if it's a kid. I don't care who it is. If they've got something that the Lord wants to use in my life, my ears are open and I'll hear it and I'll, I'll respect it and I'll hear it. But oh, we've got so many people out there that got these uh, things that they're saying that this is, I know the word. I know the scripture. And as I've said before over the years in pastoring a church, some of the meanest people I ever met in the, some of the meanest people I ever met in the church could quote scripture. I mean, they read their Bible every day. They read their Bible every day. What's wrong with that picture? What's wrong with that? You know, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. He says, you know, you search the scriptures. We could say every day. You search the scriptures every day because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures actually point to me, he said. But you refuse to come to me to receive that life. They were going after all the information, after all the scripture, and listen, the principles are out. We've been talking about the principles of the kingdom of God. We did that for several weeks. And knowing those principles are extremely valuable to help you live in the kingdom style life. But knowing the principles alone will not change you. You must know those principles that will take you a place into his word where you 
experience his presence. And then if you get to a place where it doesn't seem like you're experiencing his presence in a great and a powerful way and you, you begin to deal with some situation, then you go back home to the principles and the truth of the scripture and out of that you're built up and you're strengthening that and you have an encounter with God and you're walking in his presence, but the principles by themselves are not enough. It takes his presence. It takes his presence. Jeremiah 29 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. With your whole heart. We have to have an appetite for that in our lives. You have to have an appetite for it. If you don't have a good appetite, what's the problem? Maybe you've eaten too much of the wrong thing. <laughs> Too much junk food, too much of the wrong things in your life. You know, that hurts your physical appetite. Maybe it's because you're unhealthy. Maybe because of spiritual appetites, unhealthy, that your appetite for the Lord. Were there not times in some of your lives, maybe new in your faith, or maybe when you renewed your life or rededicated your life, were there not times in your life where you felt the freshness and newness? the joy of the Lord, you were excited about what God was doing, all this, it was wonderful, it was good, and, and where are you now? That's what I had to ask myself, that's what I've been asking myself, where am I now? And so this is not one of those messages where it's doing like that and making you feel all that good, you know, the foot on the head type thing. This is a challenge to say the Lord has something so much higher, so much better, so much beyond what we're experiencing daily and what we've allowed to happen. We've allowed other things to come in and clutter and to destroy that appetite and hunger for the Lord, or we've gotten to a place to where we've become rather complacent in our spiritual life, and the newness and the freshness and the alive and the excitement about the Lord is no longer there. Don't you think we should do something about that? And what is there that we can do? Well, I named five things that we can do. And it's not just to be done on Sunday morning at the end of a worship service. It's something we begin to apply to our life because as a believer, you are... You have the Holy Spirit in you. You can be filled with His Holy Spirit. And filled is not just to the top of the glass, it's overrunning. You can be anointed with the Holy Spirit for ministry, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can experience His presence when you step out in faith. You become aware of His presence. I just want to, I just want to call out to everyone here in this building today that this thing has been stirring inside of me that... I, I, I pray that it'll go off inside of you. That, Lord, I know there's a lot of other things I get involved in doing every, every week. I got my job. I got my family. I got all these things. I've got the activities, activities with the kids, all the sports, all these things, school, everything going on. Can you not live in that kind? Can you live with all those other things and still live with a daily awareness of his presence? My belief is, yes, you can. You can. Wouldn't you like to? I would too. I would too. This is how I want to close with this. I want to close with Psalm 63. I want to read verse 1 through 10, a New Living Translation. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to stand with me.
And out of the New Living Translation, I want us to uh, read this out loud. This is from, this was uh, Psalm of David, and this was when he was out in a barren place in the desert, in the wilderness, the scripture says. This is when he sang this. Are you ready? Psalm 63, verse, beginning verse 1. Here we go. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and land where there is no water. I've seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. This is a man who hungers and desires presence of the Lord. And he lived in the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. We can experience that power, that presence. Before we go, can I just read this? It's kind of interesting. It's a take on the words. But let me read this. You can remain standing. I think you'll be all right. In, in, in the Message Bible, here's what it says. God, you're my God. I cannot get along without you. I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such hunger and thirst for God traveling across the dry and weary deserts. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. In your generous love, I am really living at last. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy. I smack my lips. It's time to shout praises. If I'm sleepless at night, I spend the hour in grateful reflection. Because of you, because you've always stood up for me, I'm free to run and play. I hold on to you for dear life, and you hold me steady as a post. Presence the Lord. Bill Johnson, Pastor Bill Johnson tells the account, and uh, can't go into detail, but of when Jesus was baptized in water and the Holy Spirit, his presence descended on him as a dove. And he talks about the dove. And he says, you know, a dove is, uh, we, have, we have doves that are all around the farm there and on the house. We have one that visits us in the same place every afternoon. We kind of converse back and forth there. But we have doves uh, that, that come around. But if you'll notice that if you're a dove, if you move, if you flinch in any way, then that it'll scare that dove away. It'll move. It'll move away from you. In order to keep the dove in place, then, you know, you don't want to make any of those sudden moves. So I've seen uh, Bill Johnson walk, and he, he throws a towel over his shoulder, and he says, suppose the, whole, suppose the dove is on my shoulder. He says, the dove, the Holy Spirit, descended on Jesus. Let's suppose this is the dove. And I've got a dove on my shoulder here, and he begins to walk. He says, you know, if I'm walking with this dove on my shoulder, then he says, every step I take, I take with a dove in mind. Every step I take 
I take with that dove in mind. I know he's there. He's present. What if we came to a place to where the Holy Spirit in us was like that dove on the shoulder to where every step we take, we're mindful of him. Learn to be aware of his presence every day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you receive that in the Lord and that it's blessed, it's helps, it's challenged you today. We'll be moving into our series, but I felt like that God's doing some things in my life. He's doing some things in this church, and I think he's calling us to this place in our lives today. Amen. God bless you for being here. Let's pray. Father, so grateful for your presence in this place. Help us to learn from what we've heard this morning, to begin to practice it, to put it in action in our lives, not as a religious duty or regiment, but Lord, just as a plan that you have for us, a design that you have for us to daily, daily walk with awareness of your presence and of your power and of your glory. Thank you, Lord, that you promised that you'll never leave us, forsake us. Thank you, Lord, that we can depend upon your presence to bring us joy, to bring us strength, to bring us comfort, to help us overcome, and Lord, to help us minister in power to others. We invite you, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome, Lord, your presence in our life every day in Jesus' name. Everybody in the house says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day today.